What's up, everybody? Before we start this episode, I want to tell you about my live dates right now. Get these tickets. These shows are going to be fun. My new stuff is really uh, satisfaction guaranteed. People are really loving it. Thank you for everybody who came out to Austin. Detroit, December 1st through 3rd. That's right around the corner. Go get your tickets now. Jacksonville, Florida, December 8th through 10th. Charlotte, December 15th through the 17th. Philly, December 29th through the 31st. Spend New Year's Eve with your boy. January 20th to 22nd. West Nyack, New York at Levity Live. Get that. I'll probably be doing more research. That's it. You don't care because you're watching this podcast. Um, San Diego, January 26th through the 28th. Uh, Chicago, February 24th through the 26th. Atlantic City, March 3rd. Uh, E-Mouse Theater, E-Mouse, Pennsylvania, March 4th. Arlington Draft House in the D.C. area, March 9th through the 11th. Uh, Dallas, Texas, Plano, March 16th through the 18th. Springfield, Missouri, March 23rd through the 25th. House of Comedy in Phoenix, March 30th through April 1st. Tampa, April 21st through the 22nd. San Francisco, May 4th through the May 6th. And Providence, Rhode Island, May 12th through May 13th. I need a couple thousand of you right now to go over to patreon.com slash Yanni Long Days. Enjoy those bonus episodes. Enough of the bullshit, enough of the freeloading. I'm not selling you crypto. I'm selling you good content. Be a supporter of the show. If you got the coin in your bank and you can afford five bucks a month, you get the video and the audio. Enough. I'm not, no more Mr. Nice Guy with this stuff. It's no longer a suggestion. That is an order from your leader. From your leader. This is the leader of the Fediverse telling you, hop in now or I will not allow you to watch anymore. I have no way to do that. Enjoy this episode. (laughs) Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, hello. Whatever you're watching this, it's up to you. The consumer, the people are in control. Often that's a good thing, but it can also be a bad thing. Is there anything good without the bad? No. Ying and the Yang. So you watch it whenever you want to watch it. It's up to you, power to you, but I'm still going to be Yanni. I am a down-the-middle Muppet that's wished to life in order to guide current events into a wall. And I am here with Jared Harvard and Jesse Scuturo, and that's what we're going to do. Right now, the World Cup is going on, just started, and Saudi Arabia upset Argentina with Messi on the team, which can only mean one thing. When you put that together with 9-11, you go, I think God is on the Muslim side. FTX. I mean, those are two big upsets, dog. Is there a bigger upset than 9-11 and Saudi Arabia beating Argentina? That is like the Western Kentucky Division I female basketball team beating Auburn. It's crazy, dog. I mean, this might be the only victory that the Middle East has had in the World Cup since 9-11. <laughs> FTX. FTX. We'll talk about it. Um, the kid with the Jufro, Aaron Freed, John Freed, Stephen Freed, whatever. Whatever he is, he's Kanye and Kyrie's brethren. But uh, this story came out uh, at a time where we're trying to tone down that rhetoric of people doing weird things with money. Listen, this was like a 20-something-year-old kid living in a polymorphous, polymorphous, or whatever the word is. Amorous. 
a polyamorous, basically Mormon shit. He was doing Mormon shit down in the Bahamas, offshore, and now it comes out that uh, he and employees and his family, they bought up, uh, what was it, $100-plus million worth of real estate in the Bahamas. Nobody buys that amount of real estate in the Bahamas if they're up to good stuff. You know, there's only so many beach towels you need on your chair. You know? I mean, God, I'm, there's a lot of people trying to unload their timeshares. They're going like, hey, man, I can't go to the Bahamas enough. Will you please take your family to the Bahamas? I paid for this timeshare already, and I need to use it. Nobody's going to buy $120 million worth of real estate unless they're trying to clean some money. That's what you call, that's what you call taking your money to the Korean cleaners for a little wash and fold. Um, and where in the world is Sam Freed? Where in the world is Sam Freed? Who knows? You know, people fucking rob a pack of chicks, chicks from a bodega. They go to prison. You steal. How much is he accused of stealing? Hundred mil, billion, whatever. You just are still on the run. They can't find him. Is he the new Osama bin Laden? Is it, why, why don't we know where he is? It doesn't matter because Dave Portnoy is the real villain. We'll get to that. Taylor Swift. I'm a Swifty. I'll tell you that right now. Taylor Swift's tickets were going for uh, $300 million. And that was for the back row behind the stage. Taylor Swift's tickets are the new crypto dog. They are valuable. I told you we needed a new monetary system that was based on Taylor Swift's... <laughs> okay? It's the first couple minutes of the episodes. I'm not going to say. And Jason Momoa's hair strand. Do I not seem like a prophet now? Do I not seem like a prophet in understanding early how valuable Taylor Swift was? And that's not even the most valuable part of Taylor Swift. Her music. That's the least most valuable thing about Taylor Swift. The most valuable thing about Taylor Swift is her nectar. Kanye West is running for president. <laughs> Have we jumped the shark? Has, does Kanye wake up? Is there going to be a morning where he wakes up and he goes, I think maybe I've gone too far. I don't think so. I think he's rolling. I think he's, he's watched Jonah Hill's documentary, The Tools, and he's just forward thinking. Um... Cain Velasquez has pleaded not guilty to um, shooting at uh, a truck driver who allegedly molested his four-year-old son. Um, I think the world thinks he's not guilty, and I think the verdict should be based on the facts of whether his four-year-old son was molested by that truck driver. Because even if the facts are not good, that Cain Velasquez thought that he did, it's kind of like that Chris Rock joke about... O.J. Simpson and uh, Nicole Brown. He goes, I'm not saying he should have killed her, but I understand. This is Long Days, and let's get to what's the dollars. I'm a father, right, Jared Harvin? Follow Jared Harvin, J, J. Harvin 15. He's, he's, he's a funny kid. Follow Jesse Scatoro, all one word, okay? 
If you're a historian, follow Jesse's Couture. If you want to see what posts look like before the pandemic, <laughs> follow Jesse's Couture all will work. And if you want to know, if you want to know what Julio Diaz and Talent Jr. are up to, follow Jared Harvin 15. Because those three, those three boys, they're fucking constantly putting out content. Yeah. So check it out. Here's the deal. As a father, you just I just don't see a crime here. I think Cain Velasquez, the story is he's a retired MMA fighter. Supposedly, some guy molested his four-year-old son. He chased the guy down, and he shot at him. I, I'm not sure if he hit him or not. I think he, and he's charged with attempted murder, uh, assault, whatever it is. And I think, um, I think the uh, every single person on the planet is going like, I don't think this should go to trial. He pleads not guilty. I don't even, what would it be? Please not, it's not temporary insanity. It's pleads not guilty because somebody molested my son. So I think that's the one thing that maybe you get a pass at, right? Because if you think someone molested your son, that's probably bad enough, right? Even if he didn't, I don't know. I'm going not guilty. I mean, the only hope the only hope that the prosecution has in putting Cain Velasquez away here is if they can pick a jury that is all pedophiles. <laughs> because I don't think any other person is going to convict Cain Velasquez here. I mean, he's the most popular uh, suspected criminal maybe in on the planet right now. This happened in San Jose, California in March. He was later released from jail on $1 million bail, which I, I, was, I, I was surprised he could afford because he fights in the UFC. There you go, Jake Paul. I threw you a bone. <laughs> um, you know, Jake Paul makes a lot of good points about that, about, like, fighter pay and health care and stuff like that. So I'll throw him a little bone there. Um, so he, he was released on $1 million. That was probably, he just probably had to do a Kickstarter and that, he probably got that one million and it was, he probably got that one million as quick as Taylor Swift sold out. He was like, yo, I need one million uh, to post bail. And the people were just like, you tried to kill a child molester? Here's, here, here it is. Who knows? Maybe Sam Freed gave him the million. <laughs> he's such a selfless, he's such a selfless donor who wants to make the world a better place. While he sits on a beach in the Bahamas and fucks nine other nerds. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't know. I don't know the details. I don't know the details. I don't know if the guy's guilty. But if he shot it, if he shot at him, he must have done something, right? If you chase a guy down in a car, he must have done something, right? He didn't just take his joke. <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to chase someone down for something like that. You chase someone down in a truck with and sh fire at him. That guy either molested your son or you're in a movie with Mark Wahlberg. That's the only two options right there. That's the only two options. I agree with you right there. Here's the funny thing. Like, look at that dude. Of all the, of all the kids, right? Yeah. I mean, of all the kids to choose to try to molest, <laughs> You're going to try to molest Cain Velasquez. He's a heavyweight UFC fighter. I mean, he's lucky the guy shot at him and didn't get a hold of him. 
He would have just squeezed and squeezed oh. and squeezed. Ground and pound. He would have just ground and pound and squeezed and squeezed and squeezed. Look at that dude. I mean, look at his head, dog. I feel like, doesn't his head just look like if you shot a bullet, it would just bounce off his head? Can you imagine trying to punch that dude and hurt him? Do you know how many hands you would have to have made into one hand to affect that dude? Look at your flimsy little fucking knuckles and imagine hitting that thing. I'd rather punch a stone. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's bad judgment. The pedophile must have not known. Imagine finding that out. Imagine find, being like, your father's who? Oh, no. You just found a note in the kid's backpack. Yeah. Oh, no. That's like you go home and you brag because you beat somebody up on the street. And you go home and you're like, yeah, I whooped his ass. And your dad goes, "What was who? And he goes, you know, his kid John Gotti Jr. And your dad goes, what? <laughs> oh, no. It's like the beginning of John Wick, but for kids. Yeah. Yo, this dude, this dude is so relieved. So relieved that Cain Velasquez is in prison. Cain Velasquez would John Wick this dude. He's out he on would, bail. Huh? He's out yeah, on bail. Yeah, and I bet you he still <laughs> wants to kill him. Even though he knows it's a crime, he'll go, I'll go to jail. He's like, I'll probably go to jail. And I get it. Velasquez uh, has asked if he can wrestle with Luce Libre on December 3rd. Uh, so he still wants to fight. I think that's pro wrestling. I think he's trying to make a little... He's trying to make a little scratch. You don't need to, Doug. Just do a Kickstarter. It'll get paid for. People are supporting Cain Velasquez. <laughs> if there's one thing people can unite, maybe that's how we unite the world, man. You know? If you really want to turn some of these Republicans who like to make excuses for Putin, if you want to turn them against Putin, just, just make up a story that he molested Cain Velasquez's other kid. <laughs> Everyone is going to be on board. That, you get everyone on board. Dude, you get prisoners on board. I mean, child molesters are, it's, it, it's below anything. Mm. You, you know you've done something wrong when dudes who went into a grocery store and murdered the mom and pop who owned it are like, yeah, man, that's a bad dude. We got <laughs> to do something about that immoral guy. You know? I think that's the only way you can unite the world. I don't know why some, it hasn't been utilized yet. Just make up a good story. Make up a good story, you know? Be like, hey, man, this dude Putin's got a farm full of kids. Just go, hey, we got the flight logs from Epstein's plane. Putin was on it. That'll get him. <laughs> That'll get him cooking, right? <laughs> Is there a more, like, pondered story by the right than Epstein's plane? They love that shit. Like, who's on that plane? Who's on that plane? You do not, that's a plane you do not want to be on or else the internet is going to be talking about you. Fucking 4chan and Reddit are going to have a, dude, if you fix that, if you put one wrench on one bolt on that plane, they're going like, what were you doing close to that plane? <laughs> if you were in an airport where that plane was docked, you're going like, what were you doing at that airport? What were you doing in that city where that plane was docked? You're going, I was driving to work, dog. You're going, were you? <laughs> were you? I think that's the way we cure the world. Just got to make up a story. All the evil people, that's it. Boom. That's how you take them down. Immediately. Boom. Sounds a lot like Pizzagate, right? Wasn't that what that was about? Pizzagate, where, they, where the guy showed up with the AR-15 to uh, Comet Pizza. That must imagine being the Mexicans going, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing here? I just, there's just no, there's no basement. I don't even think they, they had a basement. They went down there. It was completely empty or something. That would be a weird place to keep the kids. 
A pizza joint? <laughs> I'm, maybe they got another spot. I'm not saying, but I'm just saying, I don't think it's going to be at the pizza spot. That must have been an interesting moment for that guy who showed up with the AR-15 at the pizza joint when reality and the like the the difference between reality and the internet was juxtaposed, you know? It's like it's like when you meet somebody who's talking shit about you online in person, you know? And they're like, "Hey man, I was just kidding." You know? Or like when you respond to a troll and they're like, "Hey man, I'm actually a really big fan." You go, "So why did you you said you wanted me to choke on my mom's vagina juice?" You go, "I don't know, man. I was just having fun." You're like, "Oh, it's cuz it's not a real place." Mm-hmm. You know, they started, I, the Pizzagate thing started with, with them trying, like the, the pedophile hunters, the internet pedophile hunters just starting to put all these, all these things together the way a schizophrenic person does. So they were going like Podesta's emails that were released by uh, Snowden, right? Had some, uh, had some uh, tie to this guy who owned the pizza place. And then there was these two guys on the loose from molesting some guys, I remember. And there was like a police sketch of those guys. And they said that those police sketches looked like Podesta and his brother. So somehow they just decided that it was all going down over a slice of the Coke. (laughs) (laughs) Somehow it just, they just concluded, as good sleuths do, that it was happening underground at the pizza joint. So, uh, officially, the Pizzagate thing, while initially it was spread by only the far right, it has since spread, been spread by teens on TikTok, who uh, otherwise, blah, blah, blah. The biggest Pizzagate spreaders on TikTok appear to otherwise be mostly interested in topics of viral dance moves and Black Lives Matter. What a childhood now it is, right? Jeez, <laughs> yeah. what a childhood. You know? When we, used to, we grew up, we were like, yo, you want to play Super Mario Brothers? You want to go outside and play running bases? How about kick the can? <laughs> Maybe a little wiffle ball. I played wiffle ball. These guys are sitting around going like, okay, who do you think was on that plane? (laughs) You're going, wait a second. Are they molesting children in that pizza place? And then they're also going, hey, man, what do you think about Black Lives Matter? Is it a Ponzi scheme? Is Patrice Cullors like really just out for herself? Yeah. What happened to all that money? Where did it go? Record me as I do the gritty at this Black Lives Matter march. (laughs) Yeah, it's a wild childhood now. Dude, it must be so interesting to be a kid now. Like, it's just, you don't you don't get a childhood. That's the thing is you don't get a childhood. Mm. That's the point is like, there is no innocence. You know, do you feel that way? Like, yeah. when, you, when you were 14, were you going like, I'm voting for Hillary tomorrow? No, no. <laughs> like, it's like, you talk to 14-year-old now, they're like aware of politics. Yeah. I Dude, I couldn't tell you. When I was 14 or 15 years old, if you asked me who my state senators were, not only did I not know, I was not motivated to know. Also, there was no way for me to find out. Because if you asked an adult, they also didn't know. It was like a beautiful ignorance where we just thought about like more beautiful things. Like we weren't, we didn't know about all the bad stuff in the world because there wasn't a million reporters trying to fucking shove it down our throat every moment so they could sell a goddamn on it ad. He makes a lot of money off on it, I think. So was that like it when you were growing up? Was it like that? No, not were really. Were you at the dinner table with your parents and you were bringing up topics? <laughs> no. You were going, hey, what? the thing about Putin is he did try to invade Georgia. 
But you know, there is a there is a Nazi battalion in Ukraine. So he obviously used that as a rationalization. Although the goalposts keep moving, and your parents are probably just going like, take his phone, take the kid's fucking phone. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And you're going like, Mom, Dad, have you actually been to that pizza spot? Nobody's been there. I want to see a picture of that basement. And you're going, take his phone. Can you please just go outside? These kids are like playing Call of Duty. They're in the metaverse. They're on TikTok trying to get something cooking by, you know, doing squats so their ass looks like fucking Kim Kardashian. It's a whole new world of, uh, talk about Paradise Lost. It's a world of being informed and also having fun. It's like watching C-SPAN and doing ecstasy at the same time. <laughs> it's a little mix of both, yeah. right? Wait, where's the fun, though? It doesn't sound fun. Ecstasy. Oh, no, but I'm saying being a kid, though. Just being fun, it's just like... Yeah, what did, what did your generation do for, like, fun? I know what you did for fun. I know what you did. Yeah. A Burke-Toke Breck play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jared's a smart kid, so what he did for fun was read the, read the Wall Street Journal. <laughs> what was going on with the Dow? <laughs> Yeah, on a Saturday, I was reading the thesaurus. Yeah. I think... I, I love think, when Jared knows news stories that I don't know. I'm like, aren't you 24? Yeah. Smart kid. Yeah, dog. I mean, I get fun out of going to the grocery store now, yeah. so... Jared, Jared, Jared has got to where he's got in such a 2022 way right now. Mm. You know? He started throwing jokes on an Instagram live chat. Yeah. I mean, everything kind of happens to the internet. And now he's just like fucking. He was so good at that. I invited him in. Yeah. And now he's here. Um, our situation. Our story is like a reverse pedophile situation. <laughs> <laughs> I groomed you for jokes. <laughs> yeah, I found you the same way groomers find. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, tell me some more jokes. <laughs> do another joke. This kid can do jokes. <laughs> I like young jokes. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, there's no, there's, you see that too, Jess, right? Like you see the difference in the way they grew up. Like grow up, there's no innocence. Yeah, they, I mean, that even, that even they know as a teenager about anything Ukraine, Russia. As soon as they open their phone, just they, there's free news everywhere. You used to have to have a job to be able to read the newspaper. Like, you, you had to buy it. And when you were a kid, you had, like, you know, remember when five bucks was a lot? You had five bucks. That was, like, two slices of Coke. Yeah. And then if you had, dude, when I was a kid, you had 20 bucks on you, dog? <laughs> Do you remember when you had a 20 spot? Tw Yo, when I had a 20 spot on me, I felt rich. Like, $20, you were like, let's ball out. We'll get a pie. We get we grab some forties. Remember when forties were like two dollars? Yeah, three dollars. <laughs> we know? didn't buy the paper, but to read the sports page, that was it. Dude, I, here's a, this is the truth. This is funny because this is an interesting thing for people to know. You wouldn't buy the paper, but you would flip it over. Like they would be out on the newsstand outside of bodegas. So when you were a kid, yeah, you'd flip it over and then open it up and like and read it for free. You basically stole the news. Yeah. For like a couple seconds, you just want to see what the Yankees do, what's the standings, you know? If there was an article here about Wade Boggs, you kind of perused it real quick. Yeah. But that was it. You never turned it over to see what was going on with Dan Quayle. <laughs> <laughs> like, what did Dan Quayle? I don't Nobody cared, you know? It's funny how that's changed, man. Well, they're trying to activate these kids, get them young. Yeah. 
that's yeah. when you're impressionable, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, it's really like a fight for kids' attention from corporations to media outlets. Politics. Right Politics, because they're trying to get they're the, just the sheer number of them, right? And also, the millennials is a big generation. So much like the baby boomers, it's a big generation. So politicians have been pandering to them, and that's what where wokeness comes from, because mm-hmm. they're going like, we want votes. The thing is, that's why it's become popular in commercials, in corporations, in content, in politics. That's the direct reason why the Democrats pay so much attention to wokeness is because they're pandering to what they believe is a strong portion of their voter base. In the future, essentially, since you're so young, Well, it's too. just the numbers, too. Yeah. Even the right now, it's the numbers. It's the sheer numbers. Mm-hmm. It's the sheer amount. You know, it's the same thing that happened with the baby boomers, like with with uh, Social Security, Medicare. They were all hippies, right? But they were a large generation. So just by virtue of the fact that we're a democracy, you need those votes. Yeah. So you have to pander them. In order to get elected, you had to give them what, you had to give these fucking lazy hippies what they wanted. And what they wanted was, our, we want our, the government to plan our retirement. Uh, you know, we want our fucking, uh, we want to be, when we get sick, we want to be taken care of. We want to be a burden on the system. Hook me up to every machine you got. I don't want to die because I'm a selfish baby boomer who grew up uh, just in hedonistic pleasure, doing every drug, fucking everything, smelling armpit hairs, listening to the best music, and not wanting to work because of the man-man. So when they grew up and they got jobs... They were just like, you designed this whole system for me, man, or else we don't vote for you, man. And these are the things I want, man. And that's essentially it, right? In a nutshell. Yeah. And so that wokeness is the same thing. Plus, when you're young, you're more impressionable, right? So they try and plant an idea in your head when you're a kid. True. And then, you know, it's going to be harder to get rid of that. Yes. I think that's I think that's the secondary cause. I think the first immediate cause is is the actual votes. I mean, you you only have to be 18 to vote. And they're always trying to mobilize the young. Um, and what the young are into is that wokeness. That's what the kids want. Mm. There's a very, most of wokeness is a very good thing, right? These kids are socially conscious. That stuff is good, man. Like, all that stuff is good. Look at the things that have happened that are good because of the pressure from that generation, which is, they're now older. They're, they're like middle-aged millennials, oh, right? Yeah. Millennials like 40, 40, yeah. 40, you know? You're Gen Z, Gen Y. Gen, Gen Z. Gen Z. <clears throat> so the millennials, Gen Z is not as big as millennials. It's not as big of a generation. So millennials were big. People were fucking, I don't know what, what it was. What was it? Was it because of Keith Sweat? What happened? Why? <laughs> Keith Sweat, <laughs> yeah. Jodeci. You had everybody. Yeah, everyone was fucking, I guess, then. Genuine yeah. dance moves still look <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was just, you got to, maybe there's a direct cause between R&B was... Pretty kicking then that like people uh, maybe that because the baby boomers it was post war the, the population was depleted so people started fucking the the American dream they got the house have the kids two kids the cars what was it for the millennials it was Cisco it, it was Cisco <laughs> it was the thong song it was just the thong song is there a reason is there theories on that yeah because the boomers all had kids and there's a lot of boomers so there's a lot of kids from the boomers because right? the millennials are kids of the boomers yeah right. Yeah. So they were just imitating their parents? No, there's just a lot of them. There's a lot of boomers. Right, so a lot of boomers had kids. I also think Cisco had something to do with <laughs> yeah, that. Definitely. You know? <laughs> I mean, you know, I think it had something to do with it. It was a good roaring time, you know, those years. They were coming to age. 
you know, uh, they all started having kids, right? Like the 90s, they started having kids, uh, eight, late 80s, right? So it'd be like 85, 86, they started having kids. People, you know, a lot of people had money, you know, they, they wanted, uh, you know, it was, it was a continuation of the, of the fruitful years and people were banging. Mm. And then Cisco put out the thong song and I think just dicks got hard, dog. <laughs> Pussies got wet, dicks got hard and it was on. It was definitely on. Guys, I love to mellow out with a little dad grass and I took some last night. And I appreciate them as a sponsor because I use it. Also, they got CBD dog bones if your dog's stressed out. If your dog's a little hyperactive, want to kill too many squirrels, they got CBD dog bones for the dog. They got the tincture drops. They got gummies. They got hemp flour. They got pre-rolled joints, which is their classic. Um, it's amazing. 100% organic hemp to chill you out without getting you stoned to the bone. And you can um, you can just chill, man. Legal, organic, smokable hemp that relaxes your body, mellows your mind. All dad grass products are federally legal for sale for ages 18 and over. Ships right to your door anywhere in the United States. Um, so whether you're looking for a new buzz or a way to chill out, my friends, go with dad grass. They're great. Go to dadgrass.com slash fumes for 20% off your first order. That is dadgrass.com slash fumes. You're going to be stressed out from all your holiday shopping. Just sit back and smoke a dad grass joint. How did you like the joint? I like the gummy. Was the joint get you a little? It gives you a little sign. Well, you know me. I like the tincture. Yeah, you like the tincture. Uh, yeah, I like the tincture. Yeah. Does it get you a little bust? Yeah, little bust. Yeah. Just a nice tiny, nice. mostly relaxation with like a little tiny. Take the mm -hmm. edge off. You take, take the, the edge off. off. Dadgrass.com/fumes for twenty percent off your first order. We're brought to you again by Bond Charge. Now, what better timing could exist than the holidays right now? Cool gifts. Dude, I hate getting presents for people. And I got to say, a lot of these sponsors offer like cool gifts that I'm just going to get people. I'm just going to buy some of this cool stuff because you just run out of ideas. And now that you got companies like Bond Charge with cool products like these blue light glasses. Um, now, Bond Charge is a holistic wellness company with a huge range of evidence-based products to optimize your life in every way. Founded on science and inspired by nature. We're combining East and West which is perfect. It's like yoga. It's like yoga in Hermosa Beach. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's unbelievable, man. The blue light glasses, the red light therapy, their EMF management, circadian-friendly lighting, the Bond Charge products really help you naturally address the issues of modern-day way, way of life. And uh, it really lowers your stress. It lowers the strain on your eyes. Um it's incredible, man. It's it's absolutely, they're incredible. The computer glasses that they have, uh, which are clear lenses, they help with headaches, sore eyes, digital eyes train, uh, watery eyes, fatigue, et cetera. Light sensitivity glasses, those are the yellow lenses. Also, they look cool. Uh, migraine, stress, anxiety, low mood. And the blue light blocking glasses for poor sleep, fatigue, low energy, jet lag. Check these things out, man. You shouldn't be scrolling on your phone late at night without these glasses on or on your computer uh, without the computer glasses. All right, man. So for the holidays, for Thanksgiving and Christmas, we got a big Black Friday holiday sale happening right now. Also, I want to say the glasses come in non-prescription, prescription, and reading options. Glasses for your every need, okay? Um, they also got uh, amazing products like blue light bulbs, red light therapy devices, EMF 5G protection, and 100% blackout sleep masks, which they sent me, and I used it on the plane today. 
when I slept. It was great. I was, yes, I was in Delta One. I laid down, I slept the whole way, and it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Easy, retur- uh, easy returns and exchanges if you don't like it or whatever, there's a problem. And they ship worldwide in rapid time. So for this Black Friday sale, it's a massive one. 25% off site-wide until November 30th. So go right now. Rush over to bondcharge.com. Get yourself one. Uh, get a few for friends. Uh, use it as a Christmas present. Real great stocking, stocking stuffer. Stocking, stuff, stocking stuffer. You got it. There you go. Damn it, Jared. Jo- bond charge. <laughs> Bondcharge.com right now. And uh, choose your favorite wellness product. But they're a big voter base. So I think the, that that is the primary thing is like, hey. And that's what they're into. And like I was saying, most of it is, is very good. But like everything human, it jumps the shark. Just like their parents who went from the hippies to the yippies. Remember the yippies? And you're like, what do you represent? And they're like, burn it all down. Keep it all up. Fuck me in the ass. No work. No structure. They did the same thing. The yippies became like this railing against the patriarchy, railing against structure, railing against government, railing against schools, railing against work, railing against money. You're going like this is this does these are just the people who didn't who never grew up. They just kept going, you know? They were reading poetry and they just kept going. You're like, "Hey, okay, listen Sally. Now, now you're 29. I think it's time to take a shower. Just take a shower. It's <laughs> over. Go home. You know, Woodstock's over. It's done." Time to shower and get a job at a bookstore at least. Or open a coffee shop where you can hang fucking mushrooms on the wall and talk about Jimi Hendrix. What you say it is nice, but somebody has to make my $5 foot long. Yes. (laughs) Get a job. So they eventually just had to get jobs. But the yippies kept it going and they ruined it. They ruined everything. Um... Yeah, the yippies just kept it going. Like while the hippies all went home, they were the people still at the party <laughs> that didn't want to go home. And you're like, it's over. Lights out. We're closing. And the yippies were like, we, we don't, we're not going, man. We're not going, man. Turn into the Big Lebowski. Yeah, they turn into Big Lebowski. That's what he is. He's kind of like just kept it going. It's like, all right, time to put a suit on and get a job, daddy. Things are good again. There's nothing to rail against. You've won all the wars. Yep. It's actually essentially Voting Rights Act, um, you know, civil rights legislation, uh, all that Johnson stuff, right? Um, Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, all the things that the baby boomers were fighting for, the politicians acquiesced and gave them, right? Whatever. Women or people, whatever they wanted. So... Uh, I think the millennials were kind of similar in that way, right? Maybe they learned from their parents. They had that sort of fight the power mentality and they came in and they're like, we want gay rights. That's a victory. I mean, gay marriage happened recently mm-hmm. and that was due to millennial pressure, man. Very good. What else stands. did they do? Yeah. yeah, they've done a lot of good stuff. Racial awareness, very good. Uh, police brutality, that is a problem. I think it's, a, based on the data, I think it's, across racial lines more than it's portrayed by the media. I think it, there's a, they do it to a lot of people, uh, disproportionately to blacks, yes, but I think police brutality is, is, is really the problem, more so than anything. Um, that's good, too. They've brought, I'm, and I'm missing a whole bunch of other stuff. What am I missing? They've done a lot of good, they've put a lot of good pressure for progress. The legalization of marijuana. 
It's huge, right? All these fucking years, you were allowed to drink and backhand your wife if she didn't uh, make the garlic thin enough. You were able to drive home and kill families after you had a couple of uh, Budweiser's at the pub, but you couldn't toke, sit down and listen to Janis Joplin and go, wow, you know, that was another good thing they did. I mean, these are monumental changes and monumental progress that they were behind. But much like the hippies, the baby boomers, they kept going. They kept going, and they started attacking pronouns and genders and tearing down every historical person and indicting dead people and going, fucking, uh, what is it, John John Wayne. Throw him in hell. You're like, yeah. the guy, just throw fucking Sean Connery, what he said in the interview with... Um, with uh, Barbara Walters. Give him a little schmuck. Yeah, give him a little schmuck. Show you schmuck them. They started going after things from the past. They started forcing quotas on everything. They just kept going, kept going a little bit too hard. They came after art. They came after art. That's why the Mona Lisa is covered in chunky, hearty Campbell soup. Yeah. Well, climate change is another good thing I forgot. Renewable energy, it's another good progressive thing that they've pushed forward, millennials. These are all good things. They're all good things, putting pressure on um, your political establishment to take some action based on good reasons. They did. They pushed that. They pushed that forward. But yeah, then they started coming, coming after Kevin Hart for an old tweet. They started coming after Tracy Morgan for what he said at a fucking private club performance. They came after Daniel Tosh. They, it was just, it, 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 the, the, lend, the list became endless, you know? Mm -hmm. But also... Me too. Another example of something good. Harvey Weinstein was fucking throwing everybody in a shower and getting a massage for a roll. Bad stuff mm -hmm. that they came after. But then the next thing you know, there's an article about Aziz Ansari fish hooking some girl who was there consensually. And when she said, I don't like that, he stopped. And you go, what's this fucking article about? Then there's articles about Dave Portnoy going, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's an irresponsible gambler. Yeah, he told us on his Instagram. It's Barstool Sports. <laughs> It's not Merrill Lynch. It's not Harvard. It's not The Onion. It's a bunch of fucking community college educated dummies yelling about tits and, and, and sports gambling. This is America. If you're not into it, don't like it. They keep going after this guy. Now, granted, now, granted, is he Keanu Reeves? No. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of good people because there's only a few on this goddamn planet. We're all scum. But he doesn't claim to be anything else. So they went after him for these girls, right? And then he pulls up all these messages from the girls showing uh, the two or three girls that testified against him that these girls were messaging him afterwards wanting to hang out again. So you're going like, what's the story here? Like, and what reporter doesn't, check with him and sit down with him and interview him to see if he has any facts, you know? They're obviously out to get this dude, right? Then now the New York Times just releases another one where they're trying to go after um, the Barstool Sportsbook and the company that bought into Barstool, which was a gambling company. I can't remember the name. They mostly did slot machines, um, so they were not as prestigious as like your BetMGMs and your FanDuel's or, but they partnered with Barstool and now have created the Barstool Sportsbook. So the New York Times worked on this story for a year 
it was another hit piece on Portnoy, and you read it, and I'm telling you, dude, I'm just reading, I don't know Dave Portnoy, I could care less. I read the article, and I go, what the fuck is the story? He went bankrupt at the beginning for $30,000 in debt? So what? Who, who, you know, he filed for bankruptcy. So what? And then he built Barstool. So what? A couple girls accused him of misconduct. We've heard that story. He responded to that story with receipts. And you're going like, those receipts do matter, you know, objectively. Now, I don't know what else he's done. That's what the danger of this shit when you, when you fucking come out. I'm just going on what's out there. As a member of the body politic, the population reading these stories, I'm reading them going like, what exactly is the story beyond sensationalism, beyond an agenda? Because I don't, where are the crimes here, man? Where are the crimes? Where's even the misconduct? Because you're saying these girls felt weird about the interaction, but then there's all these messages where they're messaging him afterwards going like, let's do it again. Let's hang out again. So you go, what the fuck is that? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Am I saying anything that you would dispute? Don't be scared. If I'm saying something that you dispute, dispute it. No, I'm letting you go off, dog. You good? I Jesse, think- am I saying anything that's that you would find a hole with? No, sounds good. It looks like he, if anyone's finding a hole, it's Portnoy. <laughs> <laughs> looks like he was ready to sit down, but he wanted to record. He wanted right. a video record. So then he rec- so the article comes out. Now it's the New York Times. So we're stepping it up from Bloomberg, right? So New York Times is the New York Times. They worked on this piece for like a year, right? They looked into all the financials. They interviewed former employees, all this stuff. Um, you know, they're, they're, the theme of the piece is sort of the, um, the lax regulation on this emerging gaming and gambling industry. As states started to legalize it, all these companies rushed in to try to capitalize on the market and make money. And so they're targeting him. And what's the company again that bought in? What's it called? Penn. Penn. That's the gambling company that merged with, they, they bought like most of Barstool and the goal was to create the sports book. So they're going after them and him, right? Specifically. By the way, I mean, you, you can't watch a game without an advertisement for it. And plus, like ESPN, is is promoting it, you know? Dude, I just worked for a company. We were getting the top athletes. We were getting ESPN yeah. analysts on our show. We we worked for a gambling network. I mean, dog, mm-hmm. every commercial you turn on now brought to you at NFL. You see, you see MGM on the banner. It's like we're going after Dave Portnoy because I just watched the commercial with Tom Brady told me to gamble my parents' money. <laughs> I mean, we're going after him, flu- influencing kids. Who do you think has more influence on kids? Dave Portnoy? Or J.B. Fox. Or Jamie Fox. Oh, he's everywhere now. Yeah. Or J.B. Smooth. Or how about, or how about, what's the portly kid that people say I look like who is upset because of Chappelle's situation? Oh. <laughs> the comedian. Patton Oswalt? Patton Oswalt. <laughs> he was so upset. He was like, listen, I want to have a conversation with the fans. Dave is learning. But here I am in a gambling commercial <laughs> with J.B. Smooth because I'm such a, I'm a moralist. I'm so moral. Matt Damon, I want to yell at you about teacher salaries. But hey, kids, throw some money. Brave, FT, what was he, an FTX commercial? Or a, or a crypto? It was definitely a crypto. Coinbase. It was either Coinbase, FTX. Hey, be bold about the future. Yeah. 
kids, put all your money into a Ponzi scheme so Sam Freed could fuck a nerd girl on a rug <laughs> in the Bahamas. <laughs> Crypto.com. Dude, this virtue signaling stu- shit has jumped the shark, man. It's totally jumped the shark. Now it's become transparent and all the receipts are out. It's there for everyone to see. You know, you got Larry David. You got Kim Kardashian, who had to pay a, a big time fine to the FEC. Uh, I'm sorry, the uh, SEC. Um, you got uh, Tom Brady, I've seen it. You got Jamie Foxx. I mean, the list goes on. Patton Oswald, J.B. Smooth. I mean, look, I don't blame them. Their agent comes and says, hey, you want to be in this commercial for this amount of money? They go, yeah, but I'll tell you what. i tell you what lends more legitimacy to gambling and crypto um, than Dave Portnoy. It's fucking Matt Damon. One of them's an A-list star. One of them is, no offense to your pizza reviews, but you're a pizza review star. You're a G-list celebrity. There's a difference. Fortune favors the brave. Remember those ads during the Super Bowl? Yeah. Matt Damon mocked anew for Fortune favors the brave crypto ad as virtual currency values crash. Now, here's my question. You can say, these guys didn't know. You can say they all didn't know, right? Here's the thing. If you've watched Long Days, I knew. We've talked about it for many episodes. And all I got was comments from people telling me that I was a boomer, going, you don't get it. It's the future. And then I'd go, okay, explain it. And they would go, ugh, why are you being such a boomer? And I go, that sounds fishy to me. Now, am I going to be a hypocrite and say if somebody offered me $500,000 to be in a commercial, would I surprisingly and mysteriously understand it real quick? The answer is yes. The answer is yes. I'd go, crypto is the future. Be bold. Be brave. Invest. Coinbase. That's the only thing. It's better than the Federal Reserve. Yes, get in it. Put it on as many fucking NFL stadiums as you can. By the way, it's hilarious. They're taking those names down now. It's hilarious. They just changed them, right? It was like Coinbase Arena. Now they're going, all right, take it take it off. <laughs> <laughs> That's Staples Center. Go back to Staples. Because sta- Staples is actually something real. You can get an office chair there. You can buy an office chair at Staples. So at least that's real. It's corny enough that all these... It's corny enough that all these arenas started being named after corporations. Don't you hate that when you go to like City Bank Field? It's yeah. like, ah, oh, let's go see J.P. Morgan Chase Stadium. It's like, I liked it better when it was Shea. Yeah. It was like real... It wasn't these corporations. Sports have gotten so corporate. It's mm. gross. That was bad enough. And then it's Coinbase Arena. Was that the one? It was called Coinbase Arena? I think it was Crypto.com. Crypto.com Arena, whatever yeah, crypto, the fuck it was. Crypto Arena, yeah. Crypto Arena, there yeah. you go. So in the crypto ad, if you remember, Matt Damon took viewers on a historical journey of brave men and women. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you guys remember Rosa Parks? <laughs> Just the same as a kid who hopped on the blockchain and bought a few Ethereum. (laughs) Same difference. And how about the director, Wally Pfister? Wally Pfister. (laughs) Dude, these were Super Bowl commercials. Yeah. So so my question to you guys, is Dave Portnoy a fall guy for all of this, for crypto, for gambling? Because he was also into crypto. Um, You know, but he's not the biggest star. Where's the article about uh, Matt Damon? Mm-hmm. Hawking that shit. These people were hawking that shit. 
the commercial, these mere mortals, just like you and me, as they peer over the edge, they calm their minds. And st- Maybe they really believed. Do you think they believed in it? Do you think Matt Damon, or do you think Matt, da- <laughs> do you, or do you think Matt Damon got a two minute recap from his agent on what it was? And he was just like, throw me, put the camera, just say, just let me know when you're rolling. Or do you think he looked into it? Or do you think he conveniently ignored the questions that he had about the whole thing? What do you think? I don't know when it became acceptable for celebrities to do commercials, movie stars. Right. You know, that used to be taboo. They used to have to run to Japan to do it. Yeah, right. That's when you'd see like, uh, (laughs) Japanese kind of sounds like a center saying hike and trying to switch the play. Or a quarterback. Ben Affleck. Hi, guys. I'm Ben Affleck. Have you tried Hotochi tea? It's really good. And then you say, Ben Affleck. There was a, remember they would sneak off and do that? Yeah. George Clooney in a car commercial. George Clooney. Hey, guys. I'm American movie star George Clooney. And I love driving in my Lexus. Lexus. But beyond that, beyond them doing commercials, because that's not a crime, right? That's not bad. They're just getting their money. I get it. It became acceptable. They were doing it in Japan anyway. Um, do you think that they knew? Do you think that they knew it was possibly all bullshit in a Ponzi scheme and people and they were convincing, naive, and uh, I guess the only way is to call them naive. I'm trying to find a better word. Naive, uh, believing, what would be the word? These people who put all their money in crypto and lost everything while Logan Paul and Gary Vee caked off <laughs> by creating the market by going just one phone call. I bet you they had one phone call. I bet you it was a conference call where they all go, hey, man, start posting about crypto and how much it, how it's the future. They created the value for it. Do you see how this works? Yeah. So they created the value for it. If your favorite celebrities are in the commercials, what are you going to do? You if you see Tom Brady, and, Tom Brady did one too, right? Tom Brady did something. Oh, he was big in he the was FTX, big in it. FTX So thing. you see Tom Brady in a commercial. For, it was FTX too, right? Oh, yeah. So are you going to hesitate to invest your money on, on, on that? Um, what is it, a server? What do they call that? It was an exchange. On that exchange? Are you going to buy? And they were selling crypto, right? Yeah. So are you going to buy crypto on that exchange if you see Tom Brady in the commercial? Is there a more legitimate person to endorse your bullshit product? Than Tom fucking Brady? Yeah. So what happened was all these kids and families were going like, put your money in crypto. Some of them made a little money and got out. But you know how gambling works. They made a little bit and they were like, keep it going. Because Tom Brady says this is the future. They just named an arena crypto.com. This is going nowhere. Crypto's here to stay. Dude, how how funny is how quick it happened? Well. Dude. I mean, this shit collapsed in months. It's the, look at the, look at the price. But that's just Bitcoin. That's big, no, yeah, there's some coins that are worth zero. Yeah, I mean, most of them are dying. Bitcoin's still holding strong. But Bitcoin, and that's what people message me now. They go, hey, I heard you on Rogan. I heard you. Here's what you want to you get. I get these long messages. And these are the messages that I was getting during the pandemic, too, where people were trying to school me. Like, like, <laughs> like, 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 you know, this isn't trigonometry here. I'm not trying to understand fucking physics. It should be a pretty simple thing 
that we, if you're telling me to put my money into it, it should be a very, okay, here we go. Giannis, enjoyed your episode on JRE, but please, man, Bitcoin is understandable, (laughs) exclamation point. These were the same fucking messages that I was getting when we were talking about crypto in our early episodes. I would get fucking harangued. People would call me stupid. Yeah. You know, it was hilarious. And all I was saying was like, this is all bullshit. Um, They'd hit you with have fun being poor. Yeah, have fun being poor. It was constant. Um, And then I, I, I retweeted one guy. I retweeted one guy. He tweeted, he goes, he goes, I never invested in crypto. And I have to say it was because of Giannis's takes on long days. He's I just want to say thank you. I retweeted it. I said, you're actually welcome. At least I saved one guy. <laughs> That's a real tweet. You can go back and look at my shit. Um, people use it all. He goes, Bitcoin is understandable. People use it all over the world. And he put an exclamation point as if there's something wrong with me for questioning it amid this environment. He goes, exclamation point. It's understandable. And the exclamation is point is to go, you dummy, you dummies, right? People use it all over the world, especially when their government-issued currency fails from hyperinflation. Okay, now that happens to currencies, so I'm not going to argue with him there. Separate Bitcoin, separate Bitcoin from crypto. That's what he said. He's, he's instructing me to separate Bitcoin from crypto. This sounds a lot like the separate socialism from communism fucking rationalization. Now, you know, I also railed against socialism on JRE. I was just on Joe Rogan again for Pete. <laughs> Kid likes me. What can you do? He won't have me on the fucking Save the Parks episode because that's the only way I'm going to sell tickets. Just have me sit next to Shane Gillis. Don't fucking bring me down there and have a serious conversation with me like I'm Dave Smith. I want to laugh, Joe. I want to make some jokes. Nobody's going to buy tickets to hear me talk about how you got to respect rule of law. <laughs> he, I, he's one of my favorite people on the planet. He's just, he's a, I love that dude. Um, So, you know, so I also railed against socialism on it. And then, of course, I got these messages going like, what about Vietnam? What what about uh, China? What, uh, and I'm going like, you guys, like, everyone's looking for their confirmation bias, right? Like, nobody just look, nobody does a quick Google before they before they attack you, they're just, they already believe. They're like, they're like, I voted for Bernie and I'm just stuck there. And I'm going, hey man, I like Bernie too. But you have to understand, even Bernie wasn't calling for pure socialism. And then they were saying that they were criticizing, they were going like, you guys are conflating socialism and communism. Well, socialism is communism. Pure socialism is the engine of communism. We're not talking about a mixed economy. Right? So Vietnam, why did Vietnam start flourishing? I don't know. Why don't you check your Nikes, you dumb fuck? Check your new Nikes and see where they were made. Were they made by fucking Joseph Stalin? Were they made by Bernie Sanders? No, they were made in a Nike factory in fucking Vietnam. What do you think that means, you dumb fuck? It means they opened up their economy to the free market and then all of a sudden they started thriving. Look, I was raised by a limousine limo fucking fake commie too. And she used to tell me that communism was the most beautiful idea while she did it in Fendi shoes. So can we stop this shit? Can we stop this shit? My mother had a shoe collection that looked like a fucking department store while she was telling me about how America ruins communism all over the world. Can we stop this shit? Do you know how many millions of people were murdered by communists because you're not allowed to be a person? 
When you elevate the group over the individual, guess what happens? The individual's rights get overlooked. Will you fucking stop it? God damn it. There's nothing wrong with socialist checks. Socialism works very well as a temperance to capitalism, right? Socialist programs are great. The argument isn't for pure socialism. The argument is for the degree of socialism we should have. That I, you know, that's how adults speak in the real world. It's a mixed economy. You know, the only thing that seems to work, a mixed economy, a mixture of free market and socialism that every country in the world has, including China and Vietnam. Because what, it, what, how great was Vietnam before Nike showed up? Now, I'm not saying Nike doesn't fucking take advantage of their workers and die. You know what I'm saying? That's another argument. But when they opened their factories and people started working and jobs started going there, guess what's happening? The place starts to flourish. Do you see what happened? At, dude, have you ever seen those pictures of China, like Hong Kong or something, like in the 1970s and now? Like, have you ever seen those juxtapositions? Mm. Oh, Pull one of them shits yeah, up. Yeah, it's incredible. What do you think did that? What did that? I'll tell you what did that. The free market. That's what did that. What do you think happened when we started making our shit there and we entrepreneurs and businesses started opening there? Things flourish. Why do you think cities are started in the first place? New York didn't thrive because people were in love with Prospect Park. They weren't like, oh man, we got to go to... Have you seen this poet? This poet over there in... Uh, Brookvine or whatever they called Brooklyn before it became Brooklyn. You know, Brookhaven, whatever yeah. the fuck they called it. Brooklyn, some Dutch name. Have you seen this poet? No. It was because business was coming in and out. It was a port city. And it was a, it was businesses. Businesses. Cities arise. Out. Look at that shit. Now tell me when did Nixon go there and open shit up? 71? Something like that? Something like that, yeah. So, hmm. Makes you go, hmm. Makes you go, hmm. Look at that shit, man. There's a reason why those cities look so good. And there's a reason why our cities look so bad because we sent all of our jobs and industry over there. So they basically started Cleveland here and then they finished it in Asia. It's a good, it's a good line from a previous episode, but now that we're bigger, more people will hear it. 72. 72. Oh, what a coincidence. You know? So they were making that same argument to me and I'm going, dude, oh, I mean... Are you children? I'm not talking about a mixed economy. I'm talking about pure socialism, essentially communism, okay? I think the data's out. You know, you can't keep running around going like it's never been tried. It's been tried a bunch of times and every time, why do people want to swim on their shoe to get out of it? Why do the people who live under it go, dude, trust me, it's not good? How come when you go to Cuba, it's like fucking they're eating their shoes and they go, oh, well, it's because of the embargo. So you're telling me the system is so weak that if one country goes, we're not going to trade with you, the whole thing crumbles? That doesn't sound like a good system to me because there's another system that does something else no matter who doesn't want to trade with it. It still kind of flourishes a little bit. I mean, you can hurt it. Don't yell in the comments. I understand trade wars hurt certain industries. I understand. But I'm saying we're not eating our shoes. I still got 100 pairs of sneakers here. Is that excessive? Maybe that's another argument. Bernie has some points. Exactly. Can we talk like adults? Why is everyone a fucking child except Jared Harvin who acts like he's 50? I mean, why are these, why, why has the internet become a college dorm room? These are the things I was saying when I was in college. You know what I mean? 
You're like, I'm a libertarian. You go, hi, I'm 17. Are you going to read me about, are you going to read, are we going to read Ayn Rand's book together? Hi, I'm a communist. You go, hi, I'm from 1920. <laughs> it's weird because all this stuff keeps coming back as if we haven't been through it again. Even the Kanye stuff. This is a ranty episode, not as funny. What are you going to do? Even the Kanye stuff, he's coming with the Jew stuff. You're going like, dude, we've been down this road. We've been just like, come on, Kanye. Take your mood stabilizer and get back in the studio. Mm -hmm. You don't have to convince everyone you're the original Israelite. You want, you, want to, you want to convince someone you're the original Israelite? I got a better thing you can do. Why don't you go move out of Hidden Hills, go buy a bunch of buildings in a black neighborhood, and open some businesses there. And then people go like, wow, he's, maybe he is Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, he's just trolling. His first tweet was Shalom. And then, um, and then now he's running for president. So there we have it. Yee's account was restored by Twitter before the acquisition. They did not consult with or inform me. So he's saying he didn't do it. Elon. Same. Yeah. Sure they didn't, Elon. But maybe they did. I mean, the guy's spinning so many plates, dude. Just please make my Tesla work. He had 40,000 things recalled because you're over at Tesla fucking commenting on people's tweets. Yeah. Elon, who is they? You fired most of the company. Yeah, who it's is you? That? Yeah, <laughs> we just, talk about day, son. It's just him sitting in an empty office. <laughs> His office right now looks like a stockbroker's office in Long Island after the FBI raids it. It's just him sitting there alone, like this, with hands on his fucking face, going, "Where is everybody? You fired everybody." Anyway, so you know. I guess I'm wrong. I stand corrected. Bitcoin is separate. He goes, separate Bitcoin from crypto. Much of crypto is a Ponzi attempting to be the next Bitcoin. Like now, there's some truth to that, right, Jess? I'm sorry, say it again. He says, much of crypto is a Ponzi attempting to be the next Bitcoin. Well, we'll see where Bitcoin is. I mean, it's early yet, right? Yeah, like They always say that the technology is going to be something that they could build platforms on or whatnot. Or, right. Or, but as of right now, the blockchain just takes too much energy. It's blockchain, too complicated. Right. And also, I still don't understand the concept of money costing money and then increasing <laughs> in value from the other money. Right. I, I still don't get that part. That part's just speculation no different than the stock market, except you're investing in something that isn't a company and has no inherent value. Right. So that thing's weird to me. And, you know, I'm not the only one who thinks that. I think there's someone, a little billionaire called Warren Buffett, who said the same thing. I think a lot of people secretly think that. I'm not going to give away my joke that I use in my act because I need it. <laughs> Even though that would have been the perfect place for it. Yes. We're living in that era where you're like, should I do this on the podcast or save it? But then I do it on the podcast and then I have no act. Um, he goes, no one can make more out of thin air like the FTX token. They're a separate thing, and Bitcoin has real-world value, not just people expecting it to be worth more. I don't understand that. It sounds like gib gobbledygook to me. Did you catch that? No. No one can make more out of thin air life like an FTX token. They are separate things, and Bitcoin has real-world value. Well, what is it? What is that value? Is it just dollars? So then why don't I keep the dollars? That's my point. I think he's saying FTX is bad and Bitcoin is good. Yeah, but he's saying like it has real world value, but we know what that value is. That value is how much someone is willing to pay for it in dollars. So you're go and then you're going, yeah, you should invest in it because it's going to be worth more dollars. But then I go, That's what pretty. if it's worth less dollars? Why don't I just keep the dollars? Mm -hmm. And then they just go, 
have fun being poor. And you go, okay, I think I get what's going on. You're driving up the value of this because let me ask you a question. I'm not going to say your name. Do you happen to own some Bitcoin? (laughs) Do you have a vested interest? Are you an objective regulatory-like observer who's just objectively telling me that Bitcoin is value? Or do you got one and a half Bitcoin on the blockchain, my friend? That's my question. Yeah. You know, this is like Michael Jordan telling me, hey, man, Jordans are really the best sneakers. Mm-hmm. And I'm going like, I do like Jordans, but I, I don't know if you could be objective. You know what it I- seems like? It seems like crypto is a rowboat. And it's like, it's only going to get somewhere if you put in the work. And you are the consumer buying it. So it's like, if you don't do anything, it's not going to work. So he, like you're saying, he's enticing you to participate in it. But if you don't, it's not going to go anywhere. Right. I'll just an addendum to that. I think it's his rowboat. Yes. <laughs> and he wants it to get to the other side of the land. And he wants me to get in it and row it. He might as well be selling Tupperware. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was actually a good, I think it was a good analogy. I think we just had to finish it. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, it's a rowboat. Crypto, Bitcoin is the rowboat here. Um, guess what? It's his rowboat. And he needs people to hop in it in order for it to be a using robot. Yeah. And he wants that robot to go over there. And over there is his mansion that he's going to build with every one of my strokes. Is that accurate? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, yo, we got to go to my mansion. And you go, dude, I'm already home. Yeah. You go, dude, I already got a house. <laughs> you know? And if I start, if I row in your boat, I already have a job. I can't leave that. He's going, trust me, dog. It's going to make... I promise you, one day you'll be able to get a mansion just like mine, but you have to pick up that oar and row for me now, (laughs) and then one day you'll have your own rowboat, and you'll tell other people to get in your boat, and then you go, hey, man, this this sounds like there's nothing at the end of the tunnel. This sounds like going up the chain of Scientology. At the end, you go, okay, show me the alien head, and they go, actually, there is no alien head, but... It did make you work harder, didn't it? There is hope. And also, I'm rich now. So thank you. Because seriously, the hope of an alien head is a lot better than seeing the alien head, right? Mm-hmm. It's almost like when you're trying to hook up with somebody, like the, the, the butterflies you get from doing is almost better than when you do it. Unless they're really good. Um, enjoyed listening to your episode. Going to check it out. Bitcoin is a Ponzi is a really bad take. Let me, um, I just want to re- respond to you for a second, Kevin. This is the same exact thing that was said to me a couple of months ago. I just want to forewarn you. So I think the verdict is not out on that yet, but um, it's possible that it is a good take. I think it's just as possible it may be a good take. We'll check back in on this, Mr. I'm not going to say your name because uh, that's legal problems. You actually just said his name. Did I? Yeah. What did I say? I'm not going to say it. I only but... said the first name, though. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's not even his name. I was obfuscated. I was, you oh, know, nice, yeah. nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Um, is a really bad take. Go after the rest all you want, but try, go after the rest, the things I don't own. <laughs> go after the ones I don't own. <laughs> and look, I feel bad, dog. I don't want this guy to go broke, but you know, it is what it is. Um, and learn because it's easier to understand than curling. Is it easier to understand than curling? Because I still don't understand it. No. He's quoting one of my jokes. He saw me live, obviously. Um, is it easier to understand than curling? You're a smart guy. It's been around for a couple of years. I still don't understand. You still it. don't get it. Yeah. 
Do you get it? No, You're I don't a smart get guy. it. I mean, crypto is the same value as Dave and Buster's tickets to me. <laughs> you don't really understand the value, but you're probably going to get a pencil at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> you walk out with a little pencil. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, the Dave Portnoy thing is weird, man. They just go after this dude. And then, uh, so what he did was he posted, he posted the receipts from his interaction with the journalist who was writing the story. Mm. And she was saying, these are the terms. And he was going like, okay, I'll talk to you, but this is how I want it. Everything's recorded. Everything's um, filmed. And we can both use it however we want, but we just both have it. Couldn't be a fairer offer. Couldn't be a fair offer. And that exchange took place over a year. Now, I'm not defending Dave Portnoy. I don't know. Based on the article, I'm going like, that's not enough for me to look down on him. I don't know who else read that and thought that. Did you read the article? No. You know, I, you know, if there's more, I don't know. But based on that article, I'm going, so what? This is, this, every, this, we all know this about Dave Portnoy already. Didn't he, he get dragged by uh, insider.com or some other magazine? Well, insider was for the sexual misconduct stuff. Right, right, and right. that was the receipts provided that he gave from the DMs. This was about him being a degenerate gambler and influencing kids negatively and the like sort of lack of regulation. Bigger picture about the mm. lack of regulation and uh, standards around this new emerging industry. And they used him as the poster boy as, as someone who's irresponsible, influencing kids wrong, and just it's a murky water, right? And uh, that he's a degenerate, he, he gambles a lot, and he's influencing kids to like gamble and stuff like that. I'm not gonna argue that that's, that has some truth to it, but like we said, is it worse than Tom Brady convincing kids to buy on uh, Coinbase? Which is they're all fucking people have lost all their money. At least you got a chance to win if you bet on the Celtics. <laughs> it's a real thing. It's an actual real thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. At least you're going. Hey, I believe in Jason Tate tonight. It's something that I can understand. You know, you're not going. Hey, you just have to see the. You have to dream of it. You're like, dream of what? Just dream of it. And then it's just the answer is only a critique of the current system. And you're going like, that's not good enough. So then now he's come up with the receipts from that. Um, exchange over a year and she didn't comply yeah, they I sent him an email a day before mm -hmm. you know and these journalists are so stupid that they wouldn't think that he'd be keeping all this that he just released all these other emails you think he's not going to show the world this thing and so the exchange is they she just disappears for months and months and months doesn't respond to him about this interview um, then she says she wanted wants to do it and he goes okay but you got to come to me I'm not playing this game I'm in Miami now come to me if you're writing a massive report, you just job. hop on a plane to Miami and yeah. you go. And you get, you know, because you're trying to be a good journalist. That is the giveaway there. The giveaway there is like, if you were truly being a good journalist, you'd want to sit down with him. Even if he made it a little hard, which he didn't. He made it easy. You'd want to get his side just in the interest of objectivity. But obviously that's not the case. And then a day before they released the article, they sent him an email and they say, you have 24 hours to respond to all these questions. And he's going, fuck you. I want to sit down and have it unedited and air. So he ends up looking good. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. And it, it, it kind of indicts what is currently the journalistic process that we're all kind of sus suspicious about. It just makes us trust them less and less. You're going like, he just showed us the... Uh, you know, how the sausage is made, so to speak. We've seen it, and we're kind of going, that's not fair, man. I could see his point that that's not fair. That's not fair. I don't know. Happy Thanksgiving anyway, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
What's your favorite dish? Not, not the cranberry sauce. I don't know how that made it in. I don't know how that got in the club. It doesn't have ID, and it's not hot. So I don't know how it got in. How it got into the Thanksgiving dish, cranberry sauce. It's gross. It's tart. I'm not a fan. I like it with the juxtaposition of the flavor of the turkey, though. Tastes it goes good. with the turkey? Yeah. I put it on turkey. You like cranberry sauce? It, like Jared's saying in the right It, it can't setting. come out the can, though. It's yeah. got to yeah. be made homemade. You don't want to taste that. You want to get that metal aftertaste on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nah, nah. You're not dumping it out of the can. Nah. Yeah. I, I don't know. even look at Thanksgiving as a holiday. I just look at it as a day to watch football. Yeah. It's like a football holiday. Watch football and get yelled at by your wife. Yeah, that's basically <laughs> it. I mean, Thanksgiving. I'm not a big Thanksgiving fan. I go straight to Christmas. I'm not a big fan of things. I've already... I My mother-in-law and wife already got the decorations up. I'm coming home. I'm putting on I'm putting on Christmas carols. I start early. <laughs> Christmas carols right now. I put them on. It's all day. I, Alexa's just playing that shit while she's listening to what I, what I want to buy. Yeah, and there's no good Thanksgiving music. There's no good Thanksgiving music. If there music. was, it'd just be like Indians coughing from pox. <laughs> yeah, you just hear like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and then you just hear it swords. Ching, ching, ching. That's all it would hear. You're just killing. Ah! Screams, gargles. <laughs> Thanks for the turkey. Thank you for the turkey. Now you must die. That would be the song. Yeah, what happened? They gave us a. What they give the? They gave. Uh, they gave. They gave Mr. Whitey a meal. They sat down and had a meal or something. And then the white man said, "All right, now it's time to die." They go, "Would you like a? Would you like an after dinner drink?" And he goes, "Actually, no. No." We got other plants for after dinner. Yeah. <laughs> taking all. Yeah. We're taking, yeah. Pilgrims were the first Jeffrey Dahmers. <laughs> In what way? You know, gave them a show, you know, comfort them, welcome them, and after they ate, they killed yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly right. They didn't see it coming. They're mm-hmm. like, wait a second. We just watched a movie together. Wait a second. You just offered me a beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Are you, fam- are you familiar with the insect spider? You know what spider is? <laughs> well, this is a web, and now you die. So thanks. Thanks for the turkey. Um, gobble, gobble. I got to get some Taylor Swift tickets. Does anyone have 3.2 million? <laughs> <laughs> now, this, is w- this would be a good place where, like, you kind of agree with AOC, right? This is a problem. This is where monopolies become a problem. This is what happened with the railroads. This is what, why the FCC exists. Like, you know, everyone played the game Monopoly. That, that's the, the downside of capitalism. Once, every, once someone has a monopoly, they can't lose. And, and then the whole thing that makes capitalism good, free competition, is, is no longer possible. Right? So what happened here, Jess? You got to take out a mortgage to go see Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah. Or just buy a couple Bitcoin and sell it. Or do a crypto commercial. One of them will get you one seat. So what was it? Ticketmaster and they combined for this? Yeah, apparently Ticketmaster and Live Nation uh, are the same company. So they kind of have a monopoly on live events. So whatever uh, Live Nation, whatever concert they put on, you have to buy your tickets to Ticketmaster. Okay, Mm -hmm. so we know what happened here. Let's be honest. We know what happened here. Demand was high, right? Demand was really high because she hasn't been on tour in years or whatever. She puts out this new al- album. You know, people want people want to see Taylor Swift. The pre-sale goes up. 
There's a big rush. Yes, the sites crashed just like Obamacare site crashed because there's so much traffic. They weren't prepared for it. But then the prices go up, not just because of the demand, but maybe there's a suspicion that because they have a monopoly and they're not really in competition, perhaps maybe they were buying some tickets to resell them at a higher price. Ticketmaster's exclusive deals with the vast majority of venues on the ERAS tour, the ERAS tour, required. That lets you know that I'm not that big of a fan of Taylor Swift because I would have known it's, it's the ERAS tour. The ERAS tour required us to ticket through their system, AEG said. So they're, go, they're just trying to clear. They're just trying to clear Taylor. They're going to say nothing to do with Taylor. I don't believe it did have anything to do with Taylor, right? AEG presents comment is the latest show of finger pointing after the public ticket sale was canceled. So they're all blaming each other, right? Mm -hmm. I suspect that they drove the price up with bot purchases. That's what I believe. Why not? Why wouldn't they? If you have to go through their service, you know there's a high demand. Why would you not do that? Mm -hmm. It's hard for me to believe. Now listen, Taylor Swift's very popular, but it's hard for me to believe that the demand would get so high naturally that tickets would be going for like $16,000 and $36,000. That smells a little fishy. I mean, there's a lot of big acts that go on tour and this has never happened. So just conveniently now they they're, they have a monopoly. They've merged, right? Did they merge at some point? Live Nation and... Um, oh, yeah, the same company now, yeah. They yeah, merge. so they merge. Mm -hmm. So this happens after they merge... Um, and yeah, the New York Times reported the Justice Department had already opened an antitrust into investigation into Live Nation's practices. So yeah, something's fishy here. Something's fishy when a Taylor Swift ticket, you know, is going for thirty six thousand. Like, look, people need to eat. They're worried about their gas right now. Do you think they're really that hard up when they look at the thing and they go, "I bet you, even if a, a girl in, you know, the outskirts of Illinois." wants to go to Taylor Swift, and she goes on the website, I guarantee you if she saw that it was $300, she'd go, um, I'll just watch the videos. So it's a little suspicious. And I think this thing just got kind of a little out of hand. Like all, because criminals can't stop. That's the thing. It feels so good. You ever get away with something? Ah, oh, the rush. I remember I stole X-Lax out of a Neogard pharmacy. X I don't know why I did it, and I because it was like chocolate, and I stole it. I think it might have been the only thing I ever stole. That's a lie. I've stolen a few other things. I've, I've at grocery stores one time recently. I had the waters on the bottom of the the bottom of the basket, uh -huh. and I just pretended like I forgot that they were down there. Oh, you just did that recently? Yeah, <laughs> did it recently. I stole about twenty four bottled waters. I apologize. What can you do? We're not, none of us are perfect. I just incriminated myself. I didn't say which one I did. And also, it's comedic license. I'm joking. Never happened. You steal the same things that single mothers steal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, uh, or like desperate refugees who haven't, who are dehydrated. <laughs> There's no reason. I mean, it's not even that expensive. I think it was like two of them for six bucks. So, I don't know. So that's probably what's happening here is they're driving up the price. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's got to be a little suspicious. Mm -hmm. Just the same way I think you're suspicious if, you know, uh, a digital coin goes up, to, is worth 34,000 
real dollars. You go, something's weird here. Something's, someone's artificially driving up the value of this. Taylor Swift tickets are inherently not. What is that valuable? Like, dude, what, what's a front court seat? You know how much guys love hoops and how much they would kill to be front court? How much is a front court seat to the New York Knicks or the Los Angeles Lakers where the rich people are? You know how, mu- you know how much men love basketball? Dude, is there anything better than being courtside? Oh, it's, no. the it's the best. It's the best. So what is the highest value of that? And then let's compare it to the upper deck of a Taylor Swift concert, which she's doing a whole tour of. Okay, $61,600. That's for a front court seat. For the Lakers. For the, for the Lakers. Lakers. Yeah. It can go as high as that. That's pretty high, and I believe that that's real. Because rich pe- there's rich people, and that is a coveted, coveted spot. Mm-hmm. So I don't think Taylor Swift has as much value as courtside as the Lakers. No, not at all. I don't think so. Her tickets are just Jordans for white girls. (laughs) Unless she was handing out bottles of her nectar, then I would believe it. (laughs) This is a big theme going around. We can wrap this whole episode up in one big bow of bullshit. It's one big bow of bullshit wrapped around a present of horseshit, and it's under your tree for the holidays. Merry Christmas. <laughs> What's up, guys? Small business shout-out to Wendy Ordonez. Uh, WendyZiminaStudio.com. Uh, Mention Long Days, you get a 10% discount. This girl will make a portrait for you. Go look at her work on her website. She's very good. What a great gift for the holidays for a family member or a friend. WendyZiminaStudio.com. Uh, Wendy Ordonez, great work down there. I think she's in Miami. Uh, U.S. Mike BenSmithStudios.com. Long Day's Kicks. What are we doing? Yeah, we're going to talk more about it. He's going to make some kicks for me. Go check out this dude. He's just a rich dude who does cool shit. <laughs> Brooklyn Cannery. For the holidays, you're having a holiday party. Listen, this is what I want you to do for your holiday party. This is an order. Go to BrooklynCannery.com. Order a bunch of sodas. They got the variety. Get them all. Get every flavor. I- I'm not going to recommend the lychee. I don't like it. So... I'm the lemonade I like lychee. It. I like it. Jared likes it. Yeah. I like all the other ones are incredible. I recommend every flavor. Uh, beside, I'm not a big fan of lemonade lychee. It's lemonade lychee, right? Mm-hmm. They also got the coffee spritzers. Coffee spritzers are great. Which we love. love them. Brooklyncannery.com. Promos code Giannis Pappas, all one word, for 15% off your order. Enjoy soda and be healthy about it, man. Come on. It's a, it's a no-brainer there. Longshore Coffee. Longshorecoffee.com. The coffee is incredible. I drink it. Uh, 15% off with the promo code FUMES. Longshorecoffee.com. Comes to your house. Get rid of the Kerrig. Do a drip machine, baby, and use Longshore Coffee. I goddamn love you, Stephen Miller. Um, ExclusiveAutoShipping.com. Uh-oh. Check this out. Linder Digital. Who's this? Nate Linder. Hey. Oh! He's got breaking news. Breaking news from Nate Linder. He is partnering with ExclusiveAutoShipping.com to help Jared market his business across the country. Oh, Nate's extremely excited about this opportunity and beyond grateful for long days for making a hat for to long days for making a hat. Unlike Kanye, Nate will work with any kind of person and business. It's a good one. And he wants to make you his next success story. What is your business marketing strategy for 2023? Go get your free consultation from Nate 
I'm, I love this when guys who are sponsor, small business sponsors on the show link up. That's amazing. NateLinder.com uh, to check him out. Nate underscore Linder on Instagram. We love you, Nate. Uh, Chris Minetti, you know the deal. 215-750-3730 in the South Jersey, Philly area. Go get your check cash for Christmas. <laughs> and then for the free dot art, um, check them out. Their next gala is December 10th at Hawaiian Bryant's. Free entry in Hawaii. Doors open at 5. So I don't know how many people listen to this in Hawaii, but there you go. For the free dot art, check out their website for all music in Hawaii. ExclusiveAutoShipping.com. You know the deal if you're moving your car anywhere. Student military discounts. Get a free quote if you're moving and you got to move your car. ExclusiveAutoShipping.com. It's been a 